Hi there, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching. Excited to talk to you today about homework. What? It is that time of year when the homework hustle starts to, you know, grind to a halt, if you will. Uh, if you're struggling at this point, it's April. Everybody is wondering, um, you know, when school is going to end. Spring's starting to uh, show its beautiful face, and your child might want to go play outside or might be working on uh, engaging with different sports. And it can be really tricky as a parent, right? If you are trying to help them get their homework and you're dealing with a lot of homework meltdowns. So today we are going to talk all about that. Hello and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Here at MTC, we help parents of highly sensitive kids eliminate the daily meltdown cycle in as little as eight weeks. We've helped hundreds of families at this point through this uh, avenue, through this business, and prior to that was helping thousands of families in my private practice. Uh, in my mental health career as a therapist. So uh, we now work internationally with our clients uh, who are parents, right? Breaking out of this pattern of this meltdown cycle. And we've been doing that for many, many years as well. So let's talk about the the challenges uh, that you might be facing in in dealing with this problem, right? So uh, your child is coming home telling you maybe they don't have any homework. Maybe your child is telling you they did it at school and you find out through double checking, right? Uh, through their, their, uh, their, their folder that there's still assignments that need to be done or your child is bringing it to you. Perhaps they're perfectionist and highly sensitive and uh, this is rearing its ugly head because they haven't been able to figure out how to rear in, reel in their perfectionism. And uh, this is leading to a lot of challenges. I know I have homework to do, I don't wanna do it, or it's really hard to do. And then meltdown uh, ensues, right? A lot of tug of war can be happening in the home on the daily day-to-day basis if your child is stuck in the meltdown cycle when it comes to homework, right? So I wanna talk about this. Uh, When you're a parent, you have two things that you need to balance. One. Uh, is making sure that your child is learning, right? Uh, Helping them follow through on any learning assignments that is assigned by the school. And two, keeping peace in your house so that your child feels emotionally supported. And when those two things rear their ugly heads and and you see skill gaps in both of those avenues, it could be quite frustrating and challenging to figure out which uh, priority to prioritize, right? Because obviously if you're raising a highly sensitive child and you're listening to what I have to say, we're talking about emotional skill gaps a lot, right? And uh, it's important to understand that your child still exists in the world. There's still expectations of, to, be, to uphold. And uh, it's, it's still a process to advocate in the school setting to support your child and have, help them advocate for themselves without selling themselves short, 
right? So many parents we hear uh, can really struggle with this this balancing act of trying to get your child to do the homework, to not um, have a meltdown when it when it comes down to homework time, to not escape, to not avoid, to not refuse, right? And discover, navigate uh, when your child is having emotional needs that are getting in the way of them and their academic learning, right? Uh, because if that's going on, then it can be really difficult to figure out what is the, the, the chicken or the egg situation, right? Uh, you might have a situation where your child is struggling academically and this is leading to them having meltdowns, or you might have a situation where your child is emotionally struggling and this is leading to them not learning properly. So let's Pick it apart from a highly sensitive uh, personality trait standpoint, right? Let's look at it from this angle of noticing that highly sensitive kids, if they do not have emotion regulation uh, skills, then they won't learn even if they do have a learning disability. Okay, so this is really important to understand um, when you're trying to figure out what, what problem do I solve first, right? Uh, my child is perhaps behind in reading skills or math skills or doesn't seem to understand the concepts of chemistry. And let's make sure that we're clear here. Let me let me uh, back up a tiny bit. Um, I almost said scotch, guys. <laughs> let me back up a scotch. It's not in my language usually, <laughs> but it came through my head. Um, so sorry, squirrel. Uh, let's 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 observe, right? If your child is struggling and this is relevant highly sensitive children who are stuck in the meltdown cycle this is relevant for you if your child is four if your child is six if your child is nine if your child is 14 okay uh, all the way up to 16 17 18 we work with parents of highly sensitive children ages 2 through 18. all right so i want to make sure that this is clear your child is struggling. I'm saying the word child. That does not mean that I am discounting tweens. It does not mean that I am discounting teens in this conversation. But for the sake of brevity, I'm going to use the word kid because they're your kid, whether they're 15, 26, 32. <laughs> they're always going to be your child, right? So that's what I'm talking about here. All right. So this, we, we, we use one word to capture it all. But, 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 and I talk to my parents about this all the time. Uh, my, and when I say my parents, not my parents, like my mother and father, <laughs> my clients who are parents um, all the time, that it's really important to understand that your child is at a chronological age of say, you know, seven, eight, nine, uh, but their emotional age is delayed. There's a, there's a real significant issue here. There's a huge skill gap. If your kid is having meltdowns at the age of nine, then they are emotionally behaving like a four-year-old, right? There's a huge skill gap. That's five years. You got to catch up, right? Great news. It's not going to take you five years to solve if you follow what we do or even work with us, right? So this is really important, okay? So let's capture it. Um, the, your child's emotional age is, uh, is much younger than their chronological age. And this is true related to homework. Okay, so when we look at homework and your child is saying, I can't, I won't, no way, no, can't, I, I don't know how, right? Um, you know, intellectually, they might know how. They might be gifted even. We have a lot of highly sensitive kids who are gifted or, or who present at an academically advanced age, right? At an academically advanced capacity given their age. That has nothing to do with whether or not your child can emotionally tolerate tasks, and this is why we always look at any situation, whether it be uh, learning challenges, 
learning disability, uh, learning application, academic application. So we always look at it from the lens of emotional needs, temperament type first and skill gap from that lens, then your child is gonna be much more capable of tolerating approaches that, that help them with, um, you know, say for example, speech or um, uh, learning disabilities like dys dyslexia, dyspraxia, et cetera, okay? Um, I wanna really help, help you understand this because it's critical. If your child is not emotionally present to the conversation, they are checking out, they are shutting down, they are screaming, they are throwing things. There's no way, no chance in heck that they will be able to take in what you're saying and spit it back out when it's necessary, right? Um, the gears aren't turning in the way that you need them to turn in that, in that moment and it's making it very hard for them to learn. So when your child is overwhelmed, highly sensitive child, overwhelmed by all of the thoughts in their mind, all of the feelings that they don't know how to organize, and this process overloads their everyday experience, then when push comes to shove and their responsibilities uh, come, to, come into play, they freak out, okay? It just becomes too much. I like to call this the case of too many muches, all right? It's just all coming to a head. And this is the straw that breaks the camel's back principle, right? So you, you know this. Whenever you know you have a rough day, it's not because the one thing that bothered you that you freaked out about is what, what bothered you, right? It's because everything else that day went poorly or whatever, uh, not as you as you expected. And then all of a sudden, straw broke camel's back, you, you, you freaked out, right? You're stressed. So when you look at this from this angle, if your child has a stress management problem, what do you do? You can't decrease stress. This is regular everyday stuff for your child, right? I'm not talking to you uh, because you've got your kid in 16 uh, programs, right? And your kid is going to, and they're overscheduled, that is, you know, to the nth degree. It's not like you got your kid going to soccer on Tuesday and gymnastics on Wednesday and, you know, uh, fencing on, on Thursday and Girl Scouts on Friday and, you know, three different activities on the weekends when those, when those sports have competitions. And then you're saying, why are you freaking out and invalidating your kid at that point, right? I'm talking about regular run-of-the-mill, typical family situation where you've got more than one kid in the house maybe, right? Uh, you got to go to work, they got to go to school, and, and they got a couple of extracurriculars per season, maybe just one extracurricular per season. Or you're homeschooling, right? Kids got all day. I'm a homeschooler, so I'm not saying that that's anything wrong. Kids got all day to get the assignment done. <laughs> <laughs> you can even push it back to tomorrow and, and, you know, figure it out, right? There's plenty of time. It's not the time. It's not the schedule that is leading to the problem. It's an emotional management problem. It's a skill gap here. Great, great news. Much easier to fix, right? Than trying to pull strings outside of yourself and in the community to turn this around when you notice that this can actually be handled in their heart, in their mind, in their soul. And guess what? Who helps a child manage their heart, their mind, their soul? Parents, parents do, okay? So this is you. This is up to you to solve, right? That's great news if you stay out of shame and blame yourself, right? This is why I talk about mindset work and, and all the stuff that we help our clients uh, focus on. It's huge, it's, it's super necessary. So you don't blame yourself. This is not a blaming conversation. This is a, 
Wonderful. You can only control what you can control and you get to control how you raise your child. Fantastic. Let's do it. So let's talk about homework. Okay. Couple things that you need to do to solve this problem. If your child is struggling, you need to number one, bust the myth that it's because the homework is too much or that it's because um, your child literally can't handle it, right? Because you won't be able to get to the bottom of that for inter from an intellectual standpoint if you're wondering whether or not your child intellectually understands the work if your child is emotionally not present, okay? Number one. Number two, you need to tailor uh, the understanding, right, of your child's homework uh, in, a, in a way that they're actually going to learn. So you need to be able to emotionally talk to your child in a playful manner. Play, uh, play is the child's language. So uh, you have to be playful. We've had so many clients who who just start to sit down with their kid and like get the pen out and, and you know, you're recreating the boring part, part of school at home. And that isn't going to work either. Number three, you need to be able to make this not just playful, um, but make the process engaging, right? That the whole concept of, of getting the homework done has to be uh, supportive, right? You have to be able to learn to validate your kids' emotions so that they understand, yes, this is hard and I can figure out how to do it rather than saying, yes, this is hard and I can't do it because it's hard, right? Um, homework struggles for a highly sensitive child who's stuck in the meltdown cycle is is a uh, concept of self problem. I don't know how to handle hard problems and therefore I can't do it. That's a capability problem, not an academic problem, not a responsibility problem either. So it's really important for you to understand that. Okay, that's, that's myth busting moment number four. Number five is task management. Okay, of course you have to help your kid pay attention to making the problem smaller and uh, staying on task, focusing and being able to do that. What helps highly sensitive kids who are overwhelmed stay focused? Emotion regulation, right? If you're calm, cool, collected, then you're gonna be able to be more productive, right? Let's be honest. So um, what's important for you as a parent to be paying attention to? You need to make sure that you're not trying to ride your kid hard on, on responsibilities and lecture them. Why? It makes them feel crappy. If you make them feel crappy, they feel more shame. They're not emotionally available for getting their homework done. Okay. Uh, secondly, makes you feel crappy because you just expect your kid to do it and you're not able to notice where their gaps are for learning, where their gaps are for skill development. So that's really, really important as well. You need to be able to come at this from an angle of empowerment. Take our clients, uh, Michelle. Let's make sure that we're clear here. We have clients who, who are working with us right now. They haven't even finished their work in boot camp. This is the program that they're in. Their, their child is a, is a preteen and struggling in the school system and they had no idea what would be appropriate for for where their where their child is is struggling? The child already has supports in place, and the school is saying, you know what, the supports aren't fitting it. We need to move the kid into a different classroom, different, separate, private classroom. We have a highly sensitive child on our hands here, guys. Isolating them and and, and adding to their own picture that they can't handle it is not going to work, right? So we had to move upstream and support the family and noticing how to advocate for the school, how to help the school notice the supports they have in place aren't actually moving the needle and they're actually uh, going against what the sensitive child needs, what the, what the highly sensitive child needs, so that he stops showing up at, with the sensitivity as a weakness. Woe is me, I'm different, everything is a hairpin trigger, right? 
that's not sensitivity. That's not a personality. That's, that's smallness, right? That's, that's a place of disempowerment. That's helplessness. That's powerlessness. That is not part of the personality trait, guys. That is a symptom of the meltdown cycle. And so we help the parents understand that. But also, you can see here, uh, through the image I'm sharing here on, on this show, um, this, this parent celebration recently. If you're um, watching, you know, if you're listening to this show instead of just watching it, um, we'll, have, we'll have a link to, to go see the image. I'm sure we'll post it somewhere on our Facebook page, okay? So you can go to read it for yourself, right? Read, read the family's um, uh, story for yourself and what they were able to accomplish. What they're able to accomplish is they stood up for their son. Their son was, was being pulled out in different, different uh, ways from the classroom. That didn't work, right? They heard me in, in that respect. And um, they, they, they advocated in a way that helped the school understand the personality trait, what is going to work. And guess what? The school got on board. They said, you know what? Your kid doesn't need more isolation. They need different support that's going to be much more efficient and effective than singling the kid out and saying that he can't do it. Kid made it 10 years uh, with, and, and followed through on the education system and now is struggling. Well, let's, let's, let's wonder why, right? Let's not just say that, that, that the child needs more support uh, from the school setting because that might not actually move the needle. We have had clients where uh, the, the child needs more support. Absolutely. We, t we, we, we teach either end of the process here uh, because that's necessary. We've had clients come in kid needs a 504 or an IEP, we get that rocking, and now the school can, um, can, you know, can actually tackle the problem. But guess what? If the school's prohibiting those kinds of services because they don't understand and they're thinking the child is willful and that it's a kid mood problem or a kid motivation problem, then you've got another problem on your hands, right? So you need, you need to be able to advocate either way. So your kid's not pigeonholed and so that your kid isn't set up for failure because nobody's supporting them, right? So uh, that's the that's the story today of uh, this one family. Um, and and stay tuned, right? Because obviously the story's not over. We haven't even finished working with them uh, to uh, to support them. And and again, this is a kiddo who was shut down, um, just really struggling significantly emotionally, not telling mom or dad what's going on, nothing, nothing, you know, blah blah blah. Given the ten year old story of I got this or don't bother me. Um, you know, shut down. And now the, the family's playing, they're talking about emotions, they're communicating, they feel connected to their son. And, and these are two parents where this is not in their wheelhouse. They're, they're not our typical client where one parent is a, a professional in the field, you know, doctor, nurse, therapist, uh, etc. right? Teacher. Um, both of them work in, um, in more IT type, um, uh, you know, computer science type, type fields. Okay. So, uh, this was totally out of their wheelhouse. Engineering. Um, I don't. I don't want to get too specific uh, on their specialty because I want to protect their privacy here. But um, it, it's that kind of uh, field, right? Totally out of their wheelhouse. This is not what they do for a living. It's not even really where they they feel comfortable, right? Um, but but they were able to turn this around and advocate as an equal, if not greater, playing field member of the team in school too. Um, and, and got their kids needs met in the way that he's going to actually be receptive, right? So super, super important, super, super uh, necessary for you. When we look at uh, homework battles, it's not about the homework. Honestly, it's not about the homework. It's about the fact that your kid doesn't feel capable and you need to be in charge of helping your child do that, right? And it can't be just from, 
from uh, telling them, feel more capable, it's gonna be fine, right? They need a skill um, that you need to teach, okay? Four ways to teach that skill. One, learn validation. We talk about this a lot, right? There's, there's so many levels to validation. Telling them that other people have the same problem or that you've experienced it too, that's not the best way to validate. So it's really important that you learn this and, and um, understand it and study it. Secondly, you have to make feelings fun. You have to play. You have to support your child in being a-okay with their emotions. And you need to understand where you're in the way of that process. If that feels difficult or tricky for you or totally out of your wheelhouse, then professional support could very well be uh, the, the, the most important angle there just to make it faster, right? Uh, thirdly, you have to give your child the opportunity to change without using uh, shame as a driver, okay? Shame does not drive. Shame keeps you stuck. Shame keeps you helpless. Shame, when you when you hear, I got to change something, and in your mind that makes you think that you're a piece of crap if you don't change it right away, that's your own shame story. That's your mindset talking, all right? It's got nothing to do with who's telling you you need to change. It's got everything to do with how you experience motivation. And if emotionally you, you listen to your shame voice often, then that's work that you need to do because you can't uh, teach a child something that you don't know how to do, right? So um, you got you to gotta learn that process too, okay? And then uh, you need to be doing this systematically. You need to be able to do this in a paced way so that your kid isn't hearing. Uh, you got to fix all the things, kid. There's all these things in your life that aren't going well and you need to fix it. So you need to help your child learn how to practice more effective behavior in a way that actually supports them and not thinking that everything's broken, okay? Best way to do that, honestly, the fastest way to do that is to have a conversation with our team and figure out if we can help you, okay? How do you do that? Uh, MeganThompsonCoaching.com backslash talk or MeganThompsonCoaching.com backslash teen talk. If your child is of high school age or older, then we have the conversation with your teen and you so that they can take ownership of what they need to in a developmentally appropriate level. If your child is under the age of uh, 14 or 14 and still in eighth grade, then you are the catalyst for their change. It's it's important to notice that. So we only talk with parents at that, at that point. Okay. All right. That conversation is free. All right. Uh, and uh, you get to decide with us if you're ready to, to change that problem right away. You can. You can uh, hear from us. You know, tell us where you're stuck. Um, tell us where you want to go, what your goals are, and if we can help you, we'll talk about exactly how that works, and you can get started on that very same phone call. And we're happy to support you in that. All right. If not, if we feel like something's more efficient or effective uh, to get the point across for you to meet your family's needs, or perhaps your child's having ha uh, homework meltdowns because of a different problem, uh, then go ahead and, and book the call anyways. We're going to help you notice what uh, more effective support would be relevant at that um, at, in that case. Okay, we're happy to help you with that. All right, uh, look forward to talking to you soon and uh, have a great day. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. 
You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.